Hello, this is Kenny Williamson, and welcome back to another episode of McKill's Deck Chronicles. In today's episode, we are going to be continuing on talking about one of our topics called Soul Ties, and we are going to talk a little bit more about that, and one of the topics we're going to cover tonight is the Soul Ties. Why are they so hard to get rid of? Why are they so hard to break? Why are these unholy, unrighteous, you know, manifestations so hard to get rid of? So once again, for some of our inspiration here, we're going to um, turn to Proverbs. And this is Proverbs 22, chapter um, verses 24. And it says, Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go, lest thou learn his ways. So in other words, you're going to become just like him. And get a snare to thy soul. So what this is telling us here is basically, you know, when it says, you know, don't go in with an angry man lest you learn his ways. That's the same as saying birds of a feather flock together. So when certain people do certain things and you hang around them, you tend to start mimicking what they're doing. You learn their ways. And also you get a snare. So in other words, you get trapped. So you get trapped with these people that you shouldn't be having anything to do with. And so you're getting a snare, which is the same as a trap. And basically, like I said, a snare is a trap. And, you know, they, they catch birds in snares and all kinds of animals in a snare. Okay, and of course they can't get out of them. So that's exactly what this soul tie thing does. It traps you or snares you, and basically like a fish on a hook or a bird in a trap, you can't get out of it, at least not very easy. In some cases, once you're hooked or trapped or snared here in this soul tie thing, you may be hooked for your entire life. This may be a lifelong struggle for you to get out of this thing. So some of the reasons that these unrighteous soul ties are so hard to get away from, we have a few reasons for that here. So one of the reasons that these things are so hard to get rid of and get away from is, number one here, is you that wants to get rid of it, the person that wants to get out of this, you must be totally against it. Okay, and I know that sounds like, well, obviously, if you're wanting to get out of it, you're totally against it, but that may not be the case. You see, you may want to get rid of part of it, but there's part of it that you like. So quite often, we want freedom on one level, but we're still hooked to this thing on another level. And basically, freedom is going to require an agreement between all the levels of a person's being, the spirit, the mind, and the body. Okay, Of course, we all know that a person has got three parts. You've got your body, okay? You've got your mind, which is basically your soul, and you've got your spirit. So you have to be in unison on these three things. You can't want to get out of it in your mind, but your body is still addicted to it, in other words. So one way to put this here is basically to break one of these unrighteous soul ties. It's going to require conviction of your spirit, renewing of your mind. It is also going to require crucifixion of the flesh, so your spirit, mind, and body all have to be in on this together 
Um, and the hardest part of this, in my opinion, will probably be the crucif- uh, crucifixion of the flesh. So we have another um, verse here. It's in First uh, Thessalonians 5. And it says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so basically, sanctify here is the key word, which means to be set apart for divine purpose. So to be completely sanctified means you have to be in a state where the spirit, mind, and body are all set apart to God. They all have to three, you know, your spirit, soul, and body. And I'm using mind and soul here interchangeably. So if I say spirit, mind, and body, I'm really, really meaning spirit, soul, and body. Okay. You all have to be in unison to get this thing done, to get, to get away from it. Now, another thing here is like I'm saying, you, you must be totally against the soul tie. You want to get rid of it. Right. And so what I have here have noticed that people that want to break free of these soul ties, for some reason they also pull away from people and things that encourage them to get rid of it. So, you know, basically how that works is, let's say you want to get rid of a soul tie and you are going to church or whatever, or you don't go to church, but you start pulling away from church and pulling away from stuff that would help you get away from the soul tie. Instead of gravitating toward those things, people have a tendency to get away from the very things that are helping them. And of course, I could only describe this as weakness, you know, weakness in your flesh. Your fleshly body wants the soul tie, even though your mind knows it's no good for you. So that's where we get this part that one part of your body can be all in, while another part, you know, doesn't want it. So you've got one part sabotaging your your progress here, like your flesh is probably your flesh. Your flesh is going to be sabotaging your progress because it's going to be wanting to go back. And, uh, of course, a lot of this is my opinion, but, like, I'm getting this opinion, you know, from the Bible, you know, where it says in Mark 14, Jesus is talking here, and he says, Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit is truly ready, but the flesh is weak. So even Jesus back here in Mark knew, you know, your spirit and your mind, you know, you're wanting to do something and you really want to do it, but your flesh is what's going to be the weak part. It's going to get you, get you in trouble every time. So that takes us back to our body, soul, and spirit here. Any one of those three parts of your body, okay, of yourself that craves the darkness and craves sin has not been surrendered to God. Okay. So we've got here in 1 John 1, it says, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare of unto you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness of all, no darkness at all. Okay, so basically in us, in us humans here, there are sinful tendencies. We have, sin, we have sinful tendencies. We have perverted thoughts. We have unrighteous habits. Okay. And all of these things added up together put us right back into the trap, put us right back into bondage. We fall right back in the snare. And, of course, we have a word for that, a Bible word called iniquity. 
Okay, and in Psalms 51, it says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. So right there, you see that, um, you know, a person is shapen in iniquity. In other words, you're, you're shapen in sin. You're conceived in sin. You know, if the definition of iniquity is, you know, immoral or grossly unfair behavior or, you know, it also be a wicked act and immoral conduct or practice. So we know iniquity is basically sin, to say, to say it easy. So these different soul ties you can possibly get yourself into are rooted in iniquity. So they're rooted in sin, obviously. And so this is why your spirit, you know, your mind may say, no, I don't want to do this, but it feels good. So the flesh gives in. So, you know, the mind or the soul is kind of stuck in the middle here while your flesh is doing whatever it wants to do. Now, um, the soul ties also are possibly hard to get rid of because they may be satisfying other needs in the person's life other than just fleshly needs, possibly. You know, it could be satisfying mental needs, um, kind of like drugs provide an addict with an escape sometimes. So some of these soul ties can be providing you with an escape out of your regular life or your mental, whatever it is you're dealing with. So like, for example, like a drug addict may actually hate the drug, but, you know, he likes the relief he gets from reality or whatever when he takes the drug. So his need for the relief is greater than his will to stop taking the drugs. So in other words, he feels good and it may, you know, it may not be all flesh, but it may be mental. It helps him forget something or something like that. So he hates taking the drug, but it makes him forget. So he would rather forget and continue to take the drug, even though he's tied to the drug now. So this soul ties the same thing. You may have conversations with somebody that help you forget or make you feel good mentally. And so now you're addicted to that as well. For an example here, somebody may develop an affair outside of their marriage um, because they don't think that their spouse adores them or honors them or pays them enough attention. So this third party, that's what they do is they, you know, give them all kinds of attention and stuff, you know, on the phone or whatever. And they're not getting that from their spouse. So they just eat that up and they have this soul tie with this person because they're talking back and forth all the time. So whenever these couples, you know, or somebody in a relationship, a married couple, one of these married people don't feel like the other one's doing them right or talking to them enough. Basically, they, um, you know, they want to feel desired by their other partner and they don't. So they seek it outside of their marriage to feel desired. So here again in the Bible, we've got um, in 1 Corinthians 7, Paul is talking to married couples, and he says, Defraud ye not one another, except it be with consent for a time, that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer, and then come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. Now the word incontinency there basically means lack of self-restraint. Okay, that's what that means. So what that particular verse is talking about there is basically holding back and, you know, being selfish and not doing what you're supposed to with your spouse. 
whatever this may be. And so you're, you know, you're doing this, you're not supposed to do it because when your spouse, you know, if you hold back or, you know, don't act a certain way to your spouse or whatever, you guys aren't doing what you're supposed to be doing as a married couple. Basically Satan can slip in right there. And that's where one of your little strongholds, one of your little soul ties can grab a hold is when one of these partners of this marriage don't feel like the other one's doing what they're supposed to be doing, and maybe they're not. So then they go outside of the marriage and start talking or doing something with somebody they shouldn't have been doing it with, and that's what gets you in this unrighteous, unholy relationship. So one of the things here of a need that a lot of people need to get met that they're looking for is a need to feel good or feel superior. And uh, sometimes these things, these soul ties, come about in how a person makes you feel, obviously. Okay? So we all have these different needs that often stem from our flesh and actually make us vulnerable to being manipulated. Okay? And one of the things in the Bible here we can talk about is King Saul. Okay? He had a big need to feel very superior. Okay, all about these feelings here. So um, in 1 Samuel 18 here, it's talking about King Saul and David, and it says, And when the women answered one another as they played and said, Saul has slain his thousands. Okay? And then they go on to say, And David his ten thousands. And Saul was very wroth, so he was angry. And it displeased him. And then they, basically, they have ascribed unto David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed but only thousands. And what can he have more but the kingdom? And so Saul eyed David from that day forward. So basically, these women were outside singing, and they were like, oh, David's killed ten thousand men, Saul's only killed a thousand men. And, well, that made him feel inferior so from that point forward, he decided he was going to kill David, okay? So obviously, king the king could have been attracted, in this case, to anybody that made him feel superior. So he could have had a soul tie to someone who makes him, you know, feel great, talks him up all the time, even if it's not true, you know, but it basically has an overinflated ego, you know, and somebody keeps flattering him all the time. And so then you get this tie, a mental tie with this person because of what they're saying to you and how they're talking you up all the time. So another one of these needs that um, need to be met for a soul tie to work is uh, the need to feel desired. So people have a need to feel desired. Okay. And in this particular case, a person may develop a soul tie with another person that feeds this need. Okay, now they may deplete and ruin every other part of their life. However, they constantly talk to them and make them feel desired. So then they want to hang around for that reason, even though they're no good in any other, in any other area. So in this particular one, you know, this soul tie unrighteous thing would be hard to break because of the need to feel wanted. You know, that's a very good feeling to feel desired. So that one's going to be hard to get rid of as well. And we have another one here. Um, and this one is the need 
to not be alone, okay? So a big issue that a lot of people have is the need to not be by themselves. In fact, I heard about this here a while back. A guy was telling me about another guy, and and he's jumped into relationship after relationship, and every one of them's been horrible for him. And the guy told me, he said, well, he just he just hates to be alone. He just cannot be alone. So he just falls right back into another one. And so apparently this is a pretty obvious or a pretty common one here. Um, so they don't want to be by themselves, and they get hooked up with somebody just because they don't want to be alone. And, you know, it's hard, it's hard to break a soul tie like that one as well. So one of our other reasons here that people have a hard time getting your soul ties is you have to be able to overcome you have to be able to overcome the challenge of transparency. So what I'm trying to say by that is it's very difficult to break an unrighteous anything, soul tie, addiction, if you're hiding it. So if you have hidden this from everybody and you will not tell anybody, you're not really ever going to be able to break it if you're hiding it. So you can't hide it and get rid of it at the same time. So basically to help get rid of this thing and to heal from it, you're going to need to reveal it at least to somebody and talk about it so you can say, hey, here's my problem. And, you know, of course, nobody wants to, you know, reveal flaws about themselves. Nobody wants to reveal problems and people's in your own life. You know, you don't want to have to reveal that to somebody. But in order to help get rid of these soul ties, you may have to expose it to the light of day. You know, that way people, whoever you're talking to, can help you get through this. Of course, that also falls back to one of the other ones where people tend to get away from that. They don't want to gravitate towards people that can help them. They want to gravitate away from the people that can help them, probably because they don't want anybody knowing, you know, what their problem is. And we've got a Bible verse on that one here, too, in Proverbs 28 that says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. So, you know, you don't have to tell the world or anything, but you're, of course you're going to have to obviously confess to God that you've got a problem and ask for forgiveness and try to repent from it. But, you know, if you have somebody that can help you get through it or get over it, you're probably going to have to tell them what your problem is so somebody can help you get, you know, get through it and get away from it. So when it comes to telling a person or whoever these people are you're talking to or whoever can help you, um, you know, you'll have to be honest with them. You're going to have to do a full disclosure. And, uh, you know, basically the scripture talks about whoever comes, you know, he that comes to the light shall be changed. And the person that overcomes the shame and comes to the light will experience a transformation. So you're not going to be able to hide this thing from friends or family or whoever these people are you can talk to. So you might as well just figure you're going to have to you're going to have to reveal it. So these are just some of the things that make a soul tie or an unrighteous relationship hard to break. I'm sure there are many, many others. And as I go through some more stuff, I'm sure some more will come up and we'll talk about those. But as far as this particular episode goes, I think to sum, sum this one up would be to say, you know, if you have a physical, sexual, or mental thing going on with somebody you're not supposed to, um, especially if you're married, 
you know, if you have something going on with somebody else, um, like you're, and I'm sure social media plays a big part of that today. I mean, today with social media, you can get on there and next thing you know, you've got friends, you've got friends from all over. You know, if you're a woman, you've got men hitting you up from every single angle all day long. And let's say you've got a husband at home. He's doing his normal thing, you know, just normal old husband. And next thing you know, you've got some guy on Facebook or Instagram or whatever they're using these days. And, you know, they're, they're on there constantly giving you attention, constantly saying things, you know, the next thing you know, you're saying stuff back and pretty soon, you know, these conversations can get, you know, go from regular to dirty. And next thing you know, you've got a soul tie with this person, you know, and it's, you can't get rid of it. You can't get rid of them. And, you know, then that right there can lead into the next thing of, well, you start talking back and forth like that. And next thing you know, you're probably going to end up meeting each other somewhere. And it won't be a coincidence when it happens. And, you know, one thing always leads to another. So my advice to anybody like that, if you're in a relationship or you're married, if you're a man, you do not need to be talking to a woman on any platform, on anything, basically for any reason. I mean, if it's some kind of work-related deal that can be verified, that's one thing. But as far as just friends chatting about stuff, um, I've never really believed that a man can be really good friends with a woman or vice versa. A woman can be really good friends with a man and absolutely nothing happen if they're left alone or go out and do things. I just, I just, I've never had believed that. And even, even if it is the case, I would have to fall back on the Bible on that one that says, you know, abstain from the appearance of evil because it just, it just doesn't look good. So if you're a married man and you're hanging out with some other woman that's not your wife, it makes you look like you're doing something wrong, even if you're not. And uh, in my personal opinion, if two people in this day and age with all the demonic stuff going on and all the negative stuff, if you really, if you've got to have a Facebook for some reason, you need to have it together where both can log on to it and see everything. And that way there's no secrets because any type of secrets and stuff like that, it, it always ends bad. And the thing is, is you can be an honest, you know, Christian person. And like saying, you just keep getting bombarded with this stuff online or texts or messages or whatever they're doing continually. And pretty soon, you know, it might hit you on a day you're in a bad mood or your husband didn't say something nice to you. And here comes one of these guys and they've just got, they just, I mean, they just sound wonderful. They've got nothing but good to say. Of course, now in reality, they're probably 10 times worse than your husband. And obviously because they're talking to a woman who's married and they know better. So that's the kind of person you're dealing with. But at that very moment in time, you know, you, you take it as a compliment. It makes you feel good. You know, they tell you how pretty you are or, or whatever it is. So my advice would be to stay off of the stuff as much as possible. And if you have to have it, if you're a couple, have it together, you know, if you're married or whatever. Anyway, having said all that, you know, um, most of that is my opinion. Um, I am not a professional counselor of any kind. Um, I am a student of the Bible and I am a seminary student. However, I am not a professional marriage counselor or anything like it. But so that's just my two cents worth. So you can take that for what it's worth.
However, if you liked this particular episode, we're going to do another one. We're going to do a part three and maybe a four and a five. Um, if you like this episode, you know, I mean, like it, share it, um, whatever platform you're listening to it on. I mean, give it a rating if you would. Um, you can give us an email at um, truthseekers2012 at gmail.com. You can go to our website, um, kennywilliamson.com. Um, that's the easiest way to find it right there. You can go to that, check some things out, and uh, we have a donation link if you want to give a donation. If you don't, that's fine. And uh, so I sure appreciate you coming and checking all this stuff out. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. God bless. <laughs>